Bonjour and welcome to the Velo News Podcast. We're at a Haute-Rude Pyrenees. This is a special podcast mini-series. I'm Spencer Paulison here with my good friend Matt Mallow. Hey guys. And so we gave you a little intro podcast uh, a couple days ago to explain what's going on, but in yeah. a nutshell, we've got a seven-day sportive ride slash race mm-hmm. underway already here oh, in yeah. France. And um, today was the first stage. So we are going to get right into it and tell you about how things went. But more importantly, we're going to cover some other interesting topics, such as the region's wines. Ooh, most important thing. Courtesy of my friend Matt, who is a wine importer. Yes, yes. We, we, we got we to shout out your company because last oh. time we forgot it. Yeah, I'm bad at that sort of stuff. My yeah. company Selection Natural. There you go. Um, and yeah, Look check for it the out. Labels. Look, Look for, for the, the labels. labels. Turn those go. bottles around yeah. and, you know, check out the website. There I take some photos and whatnot. There you go. Yeah. And, uh... Of course, I am the news director at Velonews, and I've got some research on the history of some of these great climbs. And uh, yeah, we're just here to have some fun, do some riding. So Beautiful to, day today. It was an awesome day. Um, yeah. So it was stage one from Anglet to Orlan Saint-Marie. We were saying it wrong. We thought it was yeah. Anglais, but yeah, it's we, Anglet. We finally stood uh, well corrected. Uh, not that anyone was rude about it, but we figured it all out. Yeah. It took three days. You're smart guys. And, uh, yeah, we got it there. Yeah. yeah, a little Bosque influence on all, the, on all the pronunciation in the southwest of France there. It was the longest day. So a fine how do you do. It oh, was yeah. 173.6 kilometers, 3,450 meters of climbing. 12,000 something feet of climbing. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot um, up. But it was awesome. It was so killer. It was magical. Yeah. Yeah. We started the day so, so early. Very ugly and early. 5.30 wake-up call was really early. Um, But... Chugged a lot of coffee. We, yeah. Yeah. This this hotel we were staying at, um, it's real, like... It really came through in a clutch with the automatic coffee machine. Yeah, it's tips weird. and tricks with the oat root. Drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, smash very in the early in the morning. We, I think we're still pretty jet lagged. That I, oh, yeah. we were both kind of tossing and turning last night. Yeah, it's hard. What's um, you get you get over to Europe pretty often for your mm-hmm. wine, sure. uh, for working with wine. Tell me about some of your tips and tricks for the sure yeah i mean first off definitely don't go to bed on that first day really early stay up as late as you can which is you know if you can make it to 10 o'clock at night awesome um directly hit the coffee i'm usually going to italy so get off at the rome airport but if you get off the biarritz airport directly to the coffee stand (laughs) um stay up as much as you can and then try to get yourself into a good sleep maybe a glass of wine that doesn't hurt and, um, not too much, though. Not too yeah. much. Yeah, keep it, keep it, keep it safe. We got to get over the hump on this jet lag. I think in the next day or so we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I think we'll sleep real well tonight. Yeah, I think so too. And I got to, I got to thinking about. We talked about this this morning on the ride. This um, there have been worse nights of sleep before races. Absolutely. We oh boy. Matt and I, we we went to the Vermont 50 miler mountain bike race back when we were in college. Several times back in the day. Yeah, one of them we did right where we got a hotel. Yeah. That was. That, that was a good That time. was the year after. That we was, we yeah. lesson learned. The first time was not so good. We got my parents' minivan mm-hmm. and drove down there. Loaded up with bikes. Slept just in the parking us. lot. Yep. And being stupid college kids who were paranoid about stuff, we didn't. We were like, oh, we got to lock the bikes Vermont in the car. 50 also starts at 6 a.m. in Early. mid to yeah. late October. Dark. In yeah. northern Vermont, yeah. it's pitch black, it's freezing, it's 25 degrees, and sleeping in sleeping bags in a, the back of a minivan... Not ideal. Well, we weren't even in the back. Though. We were yeah, in, we were in we the were front. In the seats. Like, like, it's like he's trying to sleep on an airport where you just have him, like, 
cranked back as yeah. far as you can. Yeah, we were stupid. That didn't work so well. Anyway, we got up super early this morning, but it was it was worth it. It was so pretty. The, the sunrise was killer. Yeah. There were these amazing foggy clouds in the valleys as we left Biarritz, Anglet area. And a bunch of great rollers. Yep, yep. And so Biarritz and Anglet are on the coast for those that aren't um, entirely up on their French geography. Anyway, it uh, just was just amazing. Yeah, like you're saying, rolling terrain, yeah. um, very green and super it a, lush it's a good group everyone was pretty well behaved and there was a lot of level heads i thought cruising just mm-hmm. like motoring over these rollers yeah um i like that kind of terrain it's just fun to have like fun. fast rolling terrain yeah um but then we got smacked in the face oh yeah a couple hours in by uh this first climb and it's um for sure the most unpronounceable climb sure sure i think one of the themes at least for stage one is uh unpronounceable bosque climbs yeah yes it um so i'm gonna try it I'm trying to look at the book Col here the burden curuchetta yeah Cur- i think it's a hard c sure burden curuchetta sure sure but we're just calm uh, yeah, we kind of go Bardenecchia. with Bardenecchia. Just keep it it's close yeah. enough to where they had the Torino Olympics <laughs> back in a few years ago. Uh, only about like 700 kilometers away. Yeah, it's whatever. far away. But anyway, you know. yeah. Well, and so this was tripping me out too when we were doing the ride because they, the hood read gives you these stickers with the profiles on them. Right. And um, <clears throat> for starters, you read them from the bottom up, mm. which in my brain doesn't work. Classic. No. Um, Especially when you're cruising through these hills and, and stuff. And you got up really at like 5 a.m. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then so the kilometer marker for the climbs uh turns out that's the top actually not right. the bottom right so i was like just so confused and to top it all off on the roads the the road they're called something else yeah it was um irisi or uh, i forget ir- yeah irati cold Iro- irati Iroti, yeah or something yeah. like this uh, i-r-a-i-r-a-t-y yeah um, which is way more pronounceable than burden church or sure yeah we never saw one burden sign or anything or even barbagui or Babagui. Babagui. We didn't see that at all. Well, yeah, so that was the next part was we do the Burden Churcheretta, and then there was like a little down. Dropped about three or five K. Yeah, not much. And then right up the Col de Bagagui, Bagagui. which is also really hard to pronounce. So double whammy of unpronounceable climbs and hard early on. And we approached from the west and it's super steep. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a kicker right to the top. Yeah. The way. It was killer though. I mean, it's beautiful. You know, because all the cows are hanging out in the fields. Yeah. You, you hear this like super melodious ringing of their cowbells around their necks. And they're tame. They're, they're, they're used to the they cyclists. Don't care at all no, that no. there are cyclists on they're the road. They're super mellow. Um, just hanging out. Yeah. And, um, and that was, and, we and were getting views, really high. Yeah, we were getting right into the right Pyrenees there. Right up into the high parts of the Pyrenees. And the views were just expansive. Um, Oh, there goes the coffee machine turning on. Very important for tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm glad to know it's working. Yes. I don't know if you heard that on the audio, but it did. We topped out on uh, Bagagui. Yeah. And that's uh, 1,330 meters at the top. It's pretty high. Yeah. And it was like a gnarly descent. Super gnarly descent. Really grippy, high speed and these whipping corners and some cars here and there not, not too bad it was a little yeah it was definitely a little bit off camber i thought it was pretty fun it was but it was a little hairy though there were times when i was like okay like let's, no let's it was an here. awesome descent in the sense that it was uh you know something to really take in but it was also a little harrowing mm-hmm. kind of going down especially for me like i said before i come from a place that is really flat and so it's uh not something i do every day is just barrel down switchbacks yeah. um passing fiats and renaults and yeah. things mostly renaults yeah mostly yeah. renaults but you know 
sometimes yeah. you never know. Yeah. But yeah, that was a crazy descent and then um, dropped down to a valley for a little bit. Yep. And uh, yeah. And then we got into the, the I think the, the, hard, the, the hardest day. climb of the day, yeah. um, Col du Sudet. And that was 1,542 meter climb. And it just had like these sections where there's just nasty ramps. And yeah. you could kind of see them for a while and it just was very, just it just kept wearing you down. A lot of them were double digits. 10%, 11, oh, yeah. 12, 13% gradient, very steep. We were climbing for well over an hour. Yeah. I mean, we had a long kind of, I barely call it gradual run into the base of it. Then it just sort of really kicked in. Um, and stayed really steep, really steady for a long time. And I mean, when it starts to back off to nine and a half percent steep gradient, uh, you know, and that feels a little easier, you know you're on a hard, hard climb. Yeah. And it stayed like that for quite some time, started to get really exposed up top too. Yeah, and it was pretty sunny. Uh, I was really sweaty, but it wasn't like yeah. too hot. It you're was used to the Colorado air. Yeah. It was a little humid though, honestly, like a lot of the day was. And, at one point, we, were, we dropped into this amazing, like, cloud mm. where, like, down in a valley, it was a bit of an aversion. That was before we got to the first climb. That, yeah. that was pretty cool. Really um, beautiful all around. And then the descent off the Bagarguri was... Oh, yeah. The descent off the Sudet was awesome. It, it was, was really nice. I was saying to you, it's, to me, the comparison is, like, the descent off Bagarguri, the first, the first one, basically, right. that's, like just skiing some hard moguls. Oh yeah, an eastern mogul run. You're just getting pounded. And if you're good, you can kind of enjoy it and get after it. But then like going off Col de Sude is like... Powder powder Yeah, powder skiing. Steep enough, but not too steep. And then just the right amount of snow to just float. This is just wide open. Wide wide, it was smooth surface. Yeah, it was great surface. Definitely less gradient. We definitely went up the hard side of the Sudet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so going back down the, the more mellow side was you know, welcome to that point in the day. I mean, that was yeah. probably five and a half or so hours into it. So, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're definitely feeling it. And, and like I said, fun. yeah, those corners were just the, either like they're the perfect rad. radius. Oh, they're perfect. Bank. And then also like there are a lot of good sight lines. Yeah. So yeah you, you can see down, you can see there's no cars coming. Yeah. You don't have to feel too nervous about coming blind around a corner. There's some blind corners in that first one. Is, eh. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But then, um, a little bit of a headwind in the valley, like I said. Glad we didn't have to. Yeah, a bit of a run in. What was that downhill? Like from the top to the to the finish was was downhill. It's like that, for a good 10k definitely down. Definitely at least 10, 10 yeah. or 15, yeah, and then yeah, another yeah. 10k at least on the flat. 10 or 15 on the flat. That so. sounds right. Yeah. So fortunately, we had a group to ride with. Like yeah. we were saying, we had a good little crew. A lot of it's very international group here. Yeah. It's interesting to just meet some different people. Absolutely. Um, I met one guy, a British guy. He's a, he's a personal trainer for, oh, okay. for a Formula One driver. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's he right. lives in um, Geneva, so right. not, not a bad gig. Yeah, a lot of Brits in Can't Geneva complain. right now. Yeah, a lot of people from Geneva, actually. Yeah, cycling enthusiasts, Geneva. Geneva's awesome. They like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Access to not the Alps. Not a great airport, though. I spent no, like I mean, six airport. hours there on my layover mm. to get here, and it was not very enjoyable. Yeah, so, long anyway. layover. Um, so before we get into the rest of the podcast here, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor of this Haute Route Pyrenees mini-series, and that's Topical Edge. Uh, they produce this uh, sports lotion that has a, uh, it just sort of buffers lactic acid, um, and I think it works pretty well. You put it on before a ride. You used we tried it, it out today. Yeah, you used it for first the first time, time today for me. What did you think? You know, honestly, I do think I was feeling it along the way nice. in the sense that um, it was helping. And, uh, you know, it's a long day. It's the type of day where you're grinding out lots of climbs um, at, you know, relatively low cadence and yep. going up 
So you're going to start to set in with some fatigue, of course, when you're six hours in the saddle. I definitely felt a positive thing from it. Um, right. You know, I, hopefully it helps with the recovery too. Well, listen, you're not exactly the most trustworthy person, Matt. Hey, I feel like now. you like to pull the wool over people's eyes. Hey, kinda... I sling wine. Yeah, exactly. See, see. So, listeners, you don't have to trust Matt on I'll this I'll take one. my word for no, it. No, you don't. So you can go to topicaledge.com slash VeloNews, and you'll get a free sample of Topical Edge, uh, and, and it's worth trying it. Just, uh, yeah, you just go sign up, topicaledge.com slash VeloNews, check it out, and thanks to them for sponsoring this Hot Root miniseries podcast. So, highlight. Yeah, oh, I forgot to mention the highlight. We forgot to mention highlight real quick. Yeah. We left Biarritz, and we did not, we did not get a not chance a to watch any highlight. Not a single match of highlight. Very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, it's the national sport of the Bosque. Uh, I think we just needed to go down to Spain to watch it's true. it. true. The so, French, they just, they just have the courts for show. Yeah, they have a bunch of courts in every little village, but no one out there playing it. I think it's, I think it's a bit over here. They're, they're yeah. apparently really into the hammer throw. <laughs> yeah, we were watching the athletics competition. They were way into the hammer throw on the uh, world championships track and field yeah uh, well, yeah so no highlight for us bummer no no highlight but we did get into some wine sure and um we're gonna get into this segment yeah, right yeah. now and matt's gonna talk some wine yeah we visited downtown biarritz uh, the other the kind of one of the previous evenings we were sort of on the outskirts of biarritz and checking out some small natural wine bars which is what i always do when i travel in europe i'm always you know on the on the hunt for for cool small production wines and and the people that that enjoy them and you know, look up a cool wine bar when you're in uh, in, a, in a village, and luckily you're probably going to find some people enthusiastic about natural wine. We had a little aperitif a couple of nights ago, and I think we were both sort of enjoying the local Southwest white wines from the area. So, right. uh, a Rulegui first and foremost, which is the one that's a little more tied to the Basque part of France, and uh, I think we touched a minute on that last time. But um, you know, really fresh white wine. Drink it instead of Sauvignon Blanc. You know, check it out, Arulagi. You'll spend less, get more, etc. Hmm. Um, good little village wine from the south um, of, uh, of France there. And today, uh, it was kind of interesting. So we finished up the stage, you know, about 30K outside of Po, uh, which is where we are now. We'll be here a couple nights. And we drove right through. We didn't ride through it, uh, but we drove right through on the transfer uh, town of Jurançon, which is actually a pretty famous town for wine mm. in all of France. Um, probably one of the most respected, mostly dessert wines. It's right on the foothills of the Pyrenees, so it has a really interesting confluence of temperature. It's great for late harvest sweet wines. But of course, people don't drink those anymore, so they've started to really start to shift their production towards mm. Jurançon Sec, which is what you had the other night. Yeah, I did. I liked yeah. it. It yeah. was really good. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, and like I, we both tried each other's wines, and obviously I'm not going to have as much to say as you are, but to me, like the Jurançon was a little smoother than the... Um, Arulagi. Arulagi. Yeah. Arulagi is a little more lively. Totally. I mean, yeah. I'd say Arulagi has that grassy sort of, like I said, almost Sauvignon Blanc kind of element to it. Um, and Jurançon being with the grapes, a little rounder style, fuller bodied, um, you know, 
really cool wines too. So yeah, yeah check them out. They were good. They were good. And then also, of course, uh, we mentioned this last time too, but uh, cider is the big thing. In Bosque cider. We, we yeah. rode by some. We rode by some trees, apple, some yeah, apple, apple trees orchards. when we were down there mm -hmm. doing a couple little pre-rides. And yeah. um, I tried to eat one of the apples, and it turns out cider apples are kind of bitter. Yeah, you don't want to actually. Really. That's why they turn them into cider. Yeah, there yeah, you go. They're sour. Um, yeah, I had the this cider that had another pretty unpronounceable name. Mm. It's Killy Millie Click. But it's, the Bosque Battle yeah. Cry. Yeah, it's, it's from Navarra, and mm -hmm. um, it was nice. It was like a little funky, a little like kind of got a little bit of a horsey flavor. Sure. Not too much though, and right. um, but that was good. And um, I, uh, yeah, that, that, I, I like that. So it was a little bit of a break from the wine, but. Yeah, um, and it gives you a good sense of sort of the true Bosque culture. I mean, especially on the Spanish side of the border, the cider is, is really uh, the main part of their, of their production there. And the, the grapes too, even if they're white wines, mostly again, white wines in the area, not all, but um, they're almost cider-like. They're dry, a little briny. They go well with the, yeah. the seafood from the area. Yeah. And, you get to do the cool pour thing where you pour it up Ooh, really high to air. Yeah, the chalk. Yeah, yeah the cider yeah. chalk. And I got most of my cider on the table. Though. Yeah. The waiter wasn't too happy about that. No, he didn't okay. understand what we were doing. Well, he's French. He's not Basque. Yeah. That's the problem. I mean, exactly. Problem. you got to go over there. Yeah, so we left the Basque country and um, we picked, we, we collected a lot of the letter uh, K and X. Yes. Yeah, we've got a whole suitcase full mm -hmm. of the letter K yeah, and the letter X. Yeah, there's going to be a sale on them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, that's, so if you that's need signs cool. made up with K and X, I mean, these are difficult, really high valued letters yeah. over in the US and and also the Bosque have their own font which is just oh, awesome yeah, that's right. you yeah. know like if a region had its own font that it's like a hand drawn type thing yeah it's, it's really cool yeah it's cool though um, yeah well we'll miss the Bosque country it was, it was yeah. a good time and we'll be kind of dancing around it too i mean yeah, you know the true. pyrenees were were sort of just on the cusp of them and you know, especially in the tour and things, the famous parts, you know, you'd always see mm. the, the Spanish boss. Oh, guy. yeah, they come out They'd come force. over the border and, and go out in force. Uh, I miss the Uscatel team. Me too. I love those, that was those a, orange that was kits. They're just iconic. Well, that's a good segue. Now Ooh. we're going to talk a little bike history. We're going to talk about uh, primarily the, the Bagargui climb. Unpronounceable. Exactly. This climb. Um, so I was doing, just looking around a little, and I think the biggest story on the Bagargui was uh, back in the 2003 tour. Uh, this was um, the year that Tyler Hamilton broke his collarbone on stage one and then just kept riding and didn't even, he's like, whatever, I'm just gonna grind my teeth down. Crazy. Um, and you know, sidebar, of course, we all know now he was on the gas sure. and you know, doing some doing some doping. And um, But still, it's a pretty insane story, this uh, stage 16. and. That day they actually kind of basically went backward of what we did. They went Po to Bayonne, and so Bayonne was pretty much right next door to um, Anglet, where we right. started. It's this lovely port town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sarcasm. Uh, it was uh, yeah, a little longer than what we did, 197 and a half kilometers. Meh. Yeah, you know, and they did average 39.5 kilometers per hour. Meh. We, we did about 26, so, yeah, you know. Splitting hairs at this point. Um, I'll tell you what, though, from my small, small side, knowing that those guys went up the side that oh, we went down, dude, I know. and if he had, I don't up, care up what you're on, yeah. that was a hard-ass climb. Dude, so. yeah, exactly, exactly. So this uh, stage 16, I'm actually looking at a photocopy of Velenus from that year. Um, I'm allowed to do that, you know. I'm Archives. allowed to break some copyright uh, laws just mm -hmm. because it's my company. He actually kind of got a little, he went off the back a little early on um, this early Cat 4 climb, kind of made a mistake, had to get his teammates to come back and help him chase, and he just rode right by everyone, got into this breakaway, and then um, he went clear pretty much on uh, 
on uh, well, I guess it was he he went over the Sudet with um, uh, there was about seven guys there, and then so um, they carried on. And um, next up, of course, the the Bugger Gui. And uh, here's the part that kills me, Matt, is that um, so this of course is before. Um, gearing became a little modernized with the wider yeah. ranges thank god um yeah, we don't have to imagine. go back to that back in the day i remember we were on 39 23 mm. for our easiest gear yep but these guys it was 2003 and so most of the guys were on 39 25 or 39 26 brutal and hamilton oh he had an easy gear he had a 36 26 wow that's like way so ahead easy. of his times <laughs> we had i had a 36 30 and you had a 36-32 today. And we were still getting our asses kicked. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. The side they went um, up that we went down, I can't even imagine. You know, especially with the broken collarbone. I know. And so so Hamilton went off the front, and uh, he just rode a time trial, basically. He averaged uh, 46 kph. Uh, it's the same speed he did in the earlier 48-kilometer time trial in Gaillac. So Hamilton built a lead of five minutes 21 seconds with 43k to go and he he uh he ended up with a gap of like a, a minute 55 at the end wow. still and then guess who was second eric zobel oh zobel <laughs> yeah he must have really Wonder, flew over those hills he's really well prepared for the climbs <laughs> very well prepared that is unbelievable zobel zobel makes it over these huge ass climbs and out sprints everyone yeah knowing those climbs uh that's crazy it's amazing yep he yeah we, we all know what happened. We all know the story there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's my big history lesson for the Bagar Gui. And quite a ride. Yeah, yeah. Quite a ride. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, knowing those climbs now, thinking about that, really interesting. And, yeah, times yeah. are different. But. Yeah, times are different, but it's still, uh, you know, it takes a little grit to do that no matter what. No matter what. All right, Matt, so... Every day at the Haut Route, they do this like kind of award ceremony thing. Oh, right. Um, they do, they, they like give out a leader's jersey. Sure. Um, and uh, obviously that's not particularly relevant to you or I. Nah. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't have our own award ceremony. Aha. Uh-huh. And you and I, I think, should be masters of ceremony. Of this, these award so. ceremonies. Makes sense. All right. So let's, we'll, we'll just call it something simple. Haut Route Daily Awards. We'll just do our, da- do our daily awards here. And then we'll just uh, look back on the day and come up with some awards. I like it. All right, all right. So um, here's one. Uh, best kit slash accessory. Ah, uh, yes. I remember this morning when you're like, hey, look to your right, like yeah. directly to your right. And I kind of looked over my shoulder and we both started sort of hopefully not overtly laughing, but yes. I was just in awe. Yeah. This man had a helmet that was, I'm pretty sure is like straight off of the track velodrome. Mm-hmm. Like like a full on aero helmet, integrated visor. Oh yeah, visor it, down, 6 a.m. Visor was down yeah. for sure. Um, but it was just like the, the weirdest, like I was sweating my balls off. Oh yeah. And like if you had an aero helmet yeah, with aero a helmet visor with, like, on the no front. Vents. Dude, that must have been his brain must have boiled on oh, that yeah. climb. But it boy, wasn't was even it that hot. Sleek. It wasn't. He was arrow. Mm. So yeah. I think if you do the math on the marginal gains, big one might actually big gain. Might be worth it. Big gain. Uh, okay. That's a good word. That's that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, what do we got up next? Yeah, yeah. Regrets of the day. The mm. regrets of the day. Mm. Yeah, we, we each have regrets. Sure, sure. You many, go first. Many regrets. Uh, I'd, I'd say my regret is like. We were kind of about a third of the way up the last climb, Sudet, and I 
We stopped at a rest stop to get a little more water, which was a good idea. Don't smart. regret that. No, Don't that regret was smart. that. I do regret grabbing a slice of this Bosque uh, cake that mm, they make, right. which is delicious. Yeah, it's really good. It's really sugary and it's got like a cream filling it's and stuff. It's not so great. We gotta look at what is that? Six K. I don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah, the timing. That's see. Yeah, that's you're getting at it right now. So the timing wasn't that good. So I had this uh, probably, like probably like three or four hundred calories worth of cake in my gut as I was climbing these like yeah. You 12% pull around the next switchback and the next right kilometer says yeah. average ten percent. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm. So that's my regret. What about you? Well, I mean, first day in the oat route. I knew what I was getting into, you know, prepared as best I can, but you know, you live in Colorado now, and I guess my regret is I live on the New England seacoast where it is pan flat and it takes me, I don't know, a week to accumulate how much uh, climbing we did in a day here. Mm, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is something, you know, I can't really easily change that. I love where I live. Shout out for Ipswich, Mass. There you go. But you know, that's a, that's just part of life. But you can definitely like go down to the beach and do some skimboarding. Roger that. So maybe that makes up for it. Yes. A little yeah, core yeah. strength. Balance. Always, yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of agility, mark, balance. Mark, that's a marginal gain. Right. There you go. Uh, okay, uh, weirdest moment of the day? Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, probably have to say that it was the showers. Yes. Now, it's awesome to have a shower right after a race. Oh yeah, Let's well, start great. by saying that, mm -hmm. but yeah, I walked in there and there was just a lot of man meat on display. Oh, yeah, it yeah. It was, yeah, just full full nudity. Yeah, it was a nice communal no towels, shower. No towels Super wrapped around. Yeah, no one no, bothered no. with the towel wrapped. It was just full on. Yeah, pull and this off is the partly, lycra, jump into the, into the communal shower. It was, yeah, partly this is a problem of design, I think. This, yeah. this old rugby stadium when we were in. They didn't have towel hooks by the shower. Right. Why would you do that? I was made to, yeah. just to be like this. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. Let's encourage people to walk yeah. around naked. I'm also really wondering when was the last time they used those showers in there. Because do they even play rugby anymore in France? I think that's pretty medium important. Yeah. Yeah. Not like soccer. No. No, but Who knows? yeah, I think to a point. Um, okay, and this, this brings us to our last award of the day. This is a, a, this is a good kind of transition. We got our suggestion box ah, award, right. where it's the best suggestion of the day, and uh, we're the only contestants for this award, so yeah, we're yeah. going to win it, um, totally. no matter what. Yeah, I think it's a good suggestion, though. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, suggestion of the day, we finished on uh, essentially a rugby uh, field, and there was a great cinder track all the way around it, and a yeah. loop, a track for running, uh, doing athletics. And boy, if they had just extended that course another 50 feet, yes. we could have done a big lap around that cinder, yeah. cinder course. Perry Bay style. Perry Bay style. Yeah. Finished amongst all of our fans, of which there were none in the <laughs> rugby uh, stadium. Right. Well, and going right directly into the showers. Exactly. Exactly. The showers inspired this. So those are our daily awards. And we're, we'll keep it up. We'll, we'll see if we can recycle some of these categories. Maybe we'll yeah. come up with new categories. We might come up with new ones. It depends. We'll see yeah, what we happens. might see how we get inspired each day. Yeah. Or our brains will just melt from all of this writing and we oh, won't have man. anything to say. We have to see how the sensations are. We will have to see how the sensations are. So that's it for today's podcast. We are going to talk to you tomorrow for stage two, which starts and finishes in Po. Pow, pow. Pow, pow. And that is a 158... 0.1 kilometer a day, hmm. a little shorter. Sounds light. 2,750 meters. We got Meh. three climbs. Marie Blanc, Obisque, Soulor. Should be a good day. Yeah, so, slightly more pronounceable day. Yeah, it is a lot more pronounceable. Mm. So thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow. We'll keep them coming for you. And again, thanks to our sponsor, Topical Edge. Mm.